Yes. Yeah. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, and you are listening to it. And I'm Nick. I'm your host, and I'm here back in Toronto, Canada. Perhaps you listened to the last episode where you saw that I, uh, where you heard, you did not see there is no video component of this podcast. Maybe in the future when that technology is developed, I will be part of it. But you heard me say in the last episode that I was in California, Los Angeles, California, the city of Glendale. And that was a true thing. I was there. But three, four, three and a half days ago, I, I came back. So that's over. And I was hoping, oh, you know, I'm, I'm traveling, but I'm not going to stop podcasting. Well, I did one podcast. And then my sweet partner showed up. She'd never been to L.A. before. What am I going to do? Just like bundle myself up in the, in, in, in the office and write and record? No. I'm going to show her the way that the city is good. I really tried that, and it was round the clock. It wound up being a round the clock thing, and I'm happy to say it was a success. It was really fun. But it, it was really interesting, you know, seeing that difference of uh, expectations. What I expected to be doing while I was there versus what happened. And adapting was key because it was all positive. That's the thing. So, long story short, I went and I took care of my friend's dog for about 17 days. First seven days, boom, bam, it's just me. The dog, it's named Dusty. Dusty's great. I'll probably post a series of, of photos um, to, to my uh, Instagram and, and uh, show you why and how the dog was great. But very loving dog, cute. We would walk on these trails every day. Not during high sun, but, you know, I... I, I'm I'm no sadist. I'm not going to take a dog out at 1 p.m. and walk them on a dusty trail with the sun making them sweat under their fur. No, we took them. We took Dusty out at decent times. So I was taking care of Dusty, recorded a podcast. I figured, oh, I'll have seven days before uh, my GF shows up, and I'll be writing, and I'll be. You know, maybe I'll try to book some stand-up and all this stuff. In those seven days, I saw about four or five friends over the first three days. The first two days were acclimatizing. You know, you can't just show up and do something. That's really the fact. You can't just show up and suddenly you're in that life. No, I show up. I get there late the first night, get driven back home or to my new home for 17 days relax, talk to my friend who I'm dog-sitting for. Next day, they're showing me around the house. Then I went on The Best Show. Uh, It is actually one of the best shows. And it's called The Best Show, and it's hosted by Tom Sharpling. Maybe you have experienced the wonder and the glory that is The Best Show. uh, Formerly The Best Show on WFMU. Anyway, I wound up going on that. That's the episode from the week of, uh, I guess it would have been June 20th, would have been the date that I did it. So... Maybe I'll try and post a link to that in the episode description. Um, I'm on in the, the final hour with my friends 
both former guests of the podcast, Scott Rogowski and Lizzie Cooperman. And uh, it was a blast. But yeah, so I did that. Okay, so that's already almost... That's Now there's five days left before uh, of me alone trying to do something. Over the next three days, I see like a bunch of my friends. And then by the weekend, it's over. My, my, my energy is dusted. And here's another thing. Also former guest of the podcast, Jesse Elias drives down to Los Angeles from where he's living now. And he hangs out. So we spent a couple days hanging out. My, my friend I hadn't seen in five years. Here's the thing. I hadn't been to L.A. in five years. I mentioned this in the podcast I did. Um, I, I left there in 2018. Next thing you know, it's 2023, and that's when I'm going. Almost five years later to, the, to a T. And today, by the way, speaking of friends, my favorite topic, I uh, got a message from my friend Nick, who uh, is in a band called Islands, who have a new album out. Nick Thorburn, and uh, it's the, it, today was the 20-year anniversary of the show I did uh, opening for the Unicorns at Clinton's Tavern in Toronto. So I have officially known Nick for 20 years. Isn't that crazy? Saw him on the trip, too. And yeah, I just, the plane ride there, I think, again, I might have mentioned in the last podcast, I'm like, my brain is racing with thoughts taken in the enormity of going back somewhere and what it means to live somewhere and to leave, what it means to return. And I didn't get past just thinking those set-up sentences. I didn't come to any conclusions what it does mean to come back somewhere, what it does mean to live somewhere, what it does mean to leave somewhere. But I left somewhere, I lived somewhere, and I came back. They say you can't go home again, but you can, especially these days with GPS technology. Whereas the kids call it Google Maps. Anyway. Two days of rest were great. Sarah shows up on the Monday. We spend the next 10 days driving around in an electric car. Showing her the beach, showing her a place called Descanso Gardens. If you ever go to LA, you gotta check that place out. And uh, my friends were also in town, and Jesse was in town. We were hanging out. I did one show, an amazing show, uh, hosted by, called Tasting Menu, and it's hosted by Lizzie Cooperman, Brent Weinbach, and Aparnan and Charlotte. This is a strong set of hosts. So I did that show, it was a treat, and I was a happy boy. And that was the only show I did over 17 days. You know, I'm, I'm no uh, neophyte when it comes to performing around... Whoop. I'm no neophyte when it comes to playing shows out of town. Yeah, I'm no novice when it comes to rocking stages around the world. I'm not a beginner when it comes to gracing the stage. 
and I know you don't have to do it, and Nick can unlock neuroses. What I'm trying to say is, I didn't really feel this was the trip where I needed to, to grace the stage and grind my grind on the mic, the open mic circuit. I, I would have been happy to, but instead it was like just about seeing friends. I luckily have a wonderful group of friends that I, I either made in L.A. or people who live in L.A. now, and I saw them, and I didn't even see all of them. That was a crazy thing. I may not have an embarrassment of riches, crypto-wise, but in terms of friendship, well, you can call me a crypto-millionaire. The real NFT is in our hearts. God, if you're listening to this in like 20... 100, year 2100, look up what an NFT is and look up what crypto is. Because if it is still exists, it's not going to be under that those names. So yeah, it was, and it was weirdly just a great, smooth trip. I was not in the harsh parts of Los Angeles and downtown Koreatown. Hollywood, I could go on and on. The west side, no. We were in Glendale. And we went north. We were in Tohunga. We were in Flint Ridge. Eagle Rock. Highland Park. Even made a stop in Lincoln Heights. Did some thrifting. What did I buy? Well, I wrote for a TV show called Odd Squad. Years ago, kids' show. And I found some Odd Squad socks, and I bought those. Maybe I'll give those away. Maybe there'll be a prize in some sort of contest I hold in the future. Um, so, the thing was, I was not stopping uh, doing stuff. There were very, between walking the dog, watering plants, going from place to place, I didn't have time to be tired. And I pulled it off. And as soon as we got in, and the flight back, my God, could it have gone better? Yes, but not much. <laughs> we, uh, we booked ourselves because we came on different days. We kind of made sure we went back on the same flight and that worked out. Except it seemed when I got the, like a, a heads up about my flight that it was a different one than Sarah was on. I didn't understand. We bought all this shit. Like I said, we thrifted. So we like had all these, I bought pins. Like I'm looking right now. I have a, I have a, Voyager anniversary, August 20th, 1977, 1987, 10-year anniversary pin. But I didn't just buy pins, I bought toys, I got a DS game, a bunch of shirts. Lord knows what else. The Lord knows what else I thrifted. The Lord doesn't want me to give you a complete list on the podcast because... He'd rather I just played a song explaining that I don't want to do that.
Let me tell you about this Voyager pin. What is the Voyager? It looks like it's a satellite of some sort. I have some kind of memory of Voyager. It's a satellite that I guess the U.S. government sent up. All that shit is over there. Oh, we went to Pasadena. Pasadena is where you got your NASA. You got your uh, jet propulsion labs. That's where a lot of these rockets go. Go from... So maybe that's why they had this pin. But yeah, it's a nice Voyager anniversary. August 9th, 20th, 1977, 1987. It's actually almost uh, Voyager's birthday. But on the back, this is so cute. There is like an old piece of, um, I guess, masking tape or something. What's the kind that's kind of that beige color? And it's kind of got that very nice texture. Is that masking tape? or That's masking tape. Or is it scotch tape? I think it's masking tape. Anyway. Did the Scottish invent scotch tape? Please write me the answer at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. On the back of this pen, there is a piece of tape that someone has written in pen on, and it says 7.1 billion miles from earth dash February 2000, dash, still going. Those were back in the days when we all believed in the space program. <laughs> now people are like, there's no space. There's no spaceships. You're f- that never happened. Well, back there in 1977 through 1987, they were all about space. I grew up Loving space. My friends grew up loving space, but this new generation, they're like, there's no space. And if there is space, don't spend any money on it. Well, I'm here to tell you that space represents hope. And I'll leave it at that. For now. Further thoughts in spa- on space can be gleaned if you e- email me at the above-mentioned email address I said. And I will then tell you more of my thoughts on space. (laughs) We're worried the night before. We go out the night before. We have a big dinner. A cup of wines. Get home late. We gotta pack. And we pack and everything fits. It almost seems like it was an easier packing job than me when I got there. Than before I left. When I packed in Toronto. Wow. But, oh no, maybe we're on the wrong flight and we don't have the same flight. That's not good. We go there. We're on the same flight. And as soon as they, we get in to check in, they're like, do you want to check your carry-on? Hell yeah, I want to check my... Hell yeah, I want to check my carry-on. I don't want to lug around a bunch of stuff. Free check-in of carry-on when these... Mutzadel brains are... Telling me I gotta pay $75 to check some luggage? Yes, please. So we check our luggage. Free. Get one over on the airlines. By the way, we're early. Get through security fast. Oh, and we bought nice Italian sandwiches for the for the plane ride. Never forget, you can bring food through security as long as it's not certain types of things. I don't think consommes are well regarded. But bring a quiche. No one cares. So we bring we we avoided airport food. 
Then the flight's delayed, but just by a half hour. And we still arrived on time. Go up, I go up to the, the gate people. I say, hey, we're not sitting in the same seat. Do you think do you think we could? They say, Yeah. Here you go, you're in the same seat. You're you're next to each other now. Boom. That's sorted out. Then we get on the plane. I put on some podcast. I fall asleep. I think it's just for a second. And I look at the time on my phone. I say, oh, they just haven't switched the time zone yet. I've got to switch the time zone. I still have, we still have like a bunch of hours in the flight. No, there's only an hour and a half left. If that, I slept for like four hours of a five hour flight. Great. Wow. And then on Friday, a few days ago, I get in. And I haven't been able to do a damn thing since. I'm finally finishing my unpacking today. My bed right now is just covered in things I need to unpack. And I I thought I'd cleaned up my place a bit before leaving. But we're in the same space we are before. And that is my fear. Folks, that is my, that's what I'm most afraid of right now. Am I going to like go right back to the old way it was where I was just lolling around in my apartment, having a hard time getting things done. I don't want that to be the case. Don't want that to be the case at all. But, you know, right now it's kind of looking that way for now. And I have tomorrow, I have a pretty open day tomorrow. I'm hoping I can just, like, get everything sorted out, get myself back on track, and get this podcast to you every Monday, at least Maybe with in a dream world twice a week. So I don't know. Maybe not doing too much work-wise while I was on vacation. You know, when I say work-wise, I mean passion. My passion. Making the ha-has. Writing out fun ideas. Talking to you. Sure, I didn't do that much of that then. But did I give myself energy? To make it easier to do that in the future? The answer, I hope, is yes. And I also hope that I get to go back to that uh, hot, dry heat of California sooner than later. Because you know what? I like it. I am not sure I moved there to actually make it in any kind of industry. I think I went there because I prefer the way that it's hot than the way that it's hot where I am. And the fact there's no cold. And the fact that um, the money feels like it's supposed to be spent. It's just so transient looking. You know? You just look like you can find it on the ground. And you know, you find something on the ground, you gotta get rid of it fast. Because maybe it's dirty. All American money is dirty in a way, wouldn't you say? Don't answer that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm going to think more on what I didn't saw there. Maybe I'll relate a few anecdotes to you. Didn't see anyone poop in public or pee in public. Kind of smelled like a couple times like there was that. But... 
I didn't see anyone do the nasty. And so my eyes have not been stained, at least on this, not on this trip. But meanwhile, well, I'm having a great time in L.A. Guess who's not? Jonah Hill. Oh! What's this guy thinking? What's this guy thinking? Jonah Hill. You had it all. People think of you as the big guy who's funny. People think of you as the skinny guy who's funny. And then you put out this movie, Stutz. And everybody thinks you're an enlightened guy that's funny. Public image at an all-time high for Jonah Hill. And then lo and behold, his girlfriend, who I believe might be 25. He's 39. No shade if that's an experience you're having and it's good, but let me go on. More power to you if that's something you're doing and you like it, but I'm going to go on. <laughs> Good for you if that's how you're rolling with it. May, December, romance, but I'm, I'm going to move on. Happy for you. Cradle robber to grave robber. Relationships. Happy. But it's fraud. It's a fraud choice, especially in the year 2023. Because his ex, she makes public on one of these many forums where you can make something public. A bunch of texts, exchanges she's had with this Jonah Hill guy. And he's jealous and he's using therapy speak to try and control his, her behavior. He's sort of like threatening. Using, he's, just, he's just doing everything creepy in a, a male-female relationship uh, that you can do. And, uh, and I'm saying that because, you know, women can do it too. It's, there are ways to be controlling in a relationship, and he is pulling it off. And she is putting him on blast for it. And he's using, using like, therapy language. Boundaries. I'm talking about boundaries. Don't post your butt on Instagram. That's not in my boundaries. I don't know. Did Instagram get rid of that thing where they show you what posts, they show other people publicly what posts you like? Because <laughs> that's always weird, right? When someone, uh, look, I, I'm just saying, the bikini pics when people post, good for them, but you don't, you don't have to like them publicly. You can like them in a little place I'm tapping right now called your own noggin. I knew something was up with Jonah Hill. Really talented, very funny. No shade on his whatever. His PR is in, he's in trouble right now, but he put out that movie called Stutz. Stutz? S T U T S or Z or something. It's about his therapist. It's basically a sort of pseudo documentary about I guess a documentary, not pseudo, about his therapist, his therapist views, his relationship with this therapist, the help he's gained from his therapist. And I think it's taught people a lot of things about, um, not taught people, I think it's showcased stuff that you can learn in like dialectical behavioral therapy and certain therapies. This guy's a real therapist. He's 
you know, obviously has some idea of what he's doing. But if you're seeing a therapist, don't try to make a movie out of them. These people in therapy, these people, like these therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists and doctors, what they're doing is good, but you really don't want to encourage any kind of messiah, messiah complex. They're ready to have one. They're ready to have one. And you talk about boundaries. You're going to make a, make an, a documentary about your therapist and think that there's any kind of not, you're crossing all the boundaries when you do that. Plus, I feel like half the time what people call therapy is just like, encourage my side of the story um, stuff, which is like good, it's validating. But, you know, what you think sometimes is being honest is what you're being honest is about how something makes you feel, not about what actually happened if a bug dies in front of you and you feel like you're witnessing a tragedy on par with the holocaust because of the feeling of sadness it gives you well that sadness is the same level of sadness you feel about the holocaust maybe but just sheer numbers alone it's not as bad so he he, he he never should have made this documentary. That was the one time. That was when I watched it. I said, you know, it's good to have these kinds of um, discussions. But it's troubling that this guy was like, I'm just going to make a movie about my therapist. And centered it around his experience with his therapist. Rather than just being like, Hey, Seth Rogen, you want to do a documentary about my therapist? I don't want to be in it, because that would be weird. Nope. All about Jonah Hill. So, Jonah, watch a video that uh, comedy pal Steve Hernandez Hernia on Instagram made. He made a very funny reel where he talks some real talk about why you maybe made a wrong call being so insecure. And if this stuff makes you insecure, maybe just, you know, don't dip into a, like if you see someone and they're not posting pictures of them swimming or whatever, go out with that person. They might not, you know. But if you're going, if you're dating a nudist, you might have a pro they, they might be naked around other people sometime and then you're gonna call time out no way jonah you have to be there for the long haul ah i dropped my phone in my anger why does quora.com why does quora.com keep sending me the same question about Tommy Lee Jones. Quora.com is always emailing me. People are always asking, is Tommy, why is Tommy Lee Jones a jerk? I don't know, man. Because he's from the 70s? Get over it, Quora. Maybe he is a jerk. But we've been told this a lot now. Don't need to keep emailing me the question, Quora.com. If you have personal experience being, having been talked to like a 
like rudely by Tommy Lee Jones, please write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Let me tell you, I am tired. I am tired, my friends. And, uh, because I went, I ran myself ragged for 10 days. I'm on day three of semi-rest, and I'm going to quote the band Spirit of the West from their big hit now. I'll see if this resonates with you. You'll have to excuse me. I'm not at my best. I've been gone for, in my case, 17 days. I've been drunk since I left. Not really, but at times. These so-called vacations will soon be my death. Unfortunately, this poor singer of Spirit of the West died. I'm so sick from the drink, I need home for a rest. Truer words have never been spoken, and that's how I'm feeling right now, Spirit of the West. I dedicate this podcast to Spirit of the West. Finally, I had yet another unsuccessful dip into getting you guys to ask me questions for the podcast. But I did have one question. And I appreciated the answer. Where is it at? Where is my question at? There it is. Wonderful Instagram account, American Slime Weasel asks, Will there be a Mr. Saturday Night 2? He wants to know my opinion on if there's going to be a Mr. Saturday Night 2. Now, in case you're... uh, unaware of uh, Mr. Saturday Night, it is a film starring Billy Crystal, as well as underrated character actor David Pamer. And it was made in the mid-90s, I believe it was direct, or early 90s, from 1992. It was directed by Billy Crystal, and I believe he wrote it as well. Well, he didn't just write it. Babalu Mandel wrote it as well, and so did Lowell Gans. Here's a little information about Lowell Gans. Unsurprisingly, Lowell Gans is the longtime writing partner of Babalu Mandel. Mandel. He's still alive. He, uh... Oh, shush, car. He wrote four movies that starred Billy Crystal, so... Mr. Saturday Night Light was a no-brainer when Crystal said, do you want to, do you want to collab? Mr. Saturday Night is a fictionalized tale of an old-time comedian named Buddy Young Jr. Um, it is an Academy-nominated, award-nominated film. The great David Pamer was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I watched it when it came out, when I was about 12 years old, 13 years old, and at the time, I liked it. Because there, I always love an old-timey comedian. And at that time, I didn't even know I loved an old, old-timey old comedian that much. Now, I don't think I'd like it as much. It also has horrible aging accent from when Buddy Young Jr. becomes old. So, stand-up comedian Buddy Young Jr. becomes a television star with the help of his brother and manager, Stan. But alienated many of those close to him once his career began to fade. Through a series of flashbacks, the brothers are seen during childhood entertaining their family in the living room. 
The older Buddy continues his career as a comic in the Catskills, where he meets his future wife, Elaine. As Buddy's fame grows, so does his ego. He hits the big time with his own Saturday night television show. But despite the warnings of his brother, Buddy uses offensive material on the air, costing him his show and causing his career to suffer, officially ending when his stand-up act on The Ed Sullivan Show is scheduled right after the Beatles' first U.S. appearance, leading to his act being ignored and cut short. Furious over being snubbed, he goes into an offensive tirade and quits. As an older man long past his prime, Buddy is estranged from Stan, as well as from his daughter Susan. Where's Elaine? A chance at redemption comes when a young agent named Annie Wells finds him work and even gets Buddy a shot at a role in a top director's new film. Buddy never lefts, gives in to his own self-destructive nature, continuing to hurt his cast, his relationships with his family. Cast was the word below because I'm reading from the Wikipedia. It is now viewed as a horrible movie. At the time, it had, uh, it had mixed reviews. But it mostly had very bad old guy makeup. And that was why people made fun of it. Well, look, I haven't seen it for a while. It sounds like Buddy, um, Buddy Young Jr. does not die at the end of Mr. Saturday Night. So you could make Mr. Saturday Night 2. And so David Paymer plays, plays his brother. Oh, Jerry Orbach's in it, so you can't have him in it anymore. Helen Hunt's in it as well. So, okay, let's get this going. So, you could do Mr. Saturday Night 2, starring Helen Hunt as Mr. Saturday Night 2, Ms. Saturday Night, starring Helen Hunt. And it's the story of how Helen Hunt became an insult comedian never approved of by her father, who is now 110. She's zinging everybody. She's making, she's the dirtiest zinger in town. She's huge. She has a, net, she has a Netflix special. She has an M, she's the only person to have a special in every streaming service. And they all have a billion views worldwide. She's a worldwide hit. Meanwhile, Buddy Young, her father, he, she keeps him in a box. She keeps him in a small box in her, at the top of her mansion. Not in the, like, like on top of the roof. So it gets rained on. But there's a, there's a bathroom part. And the food, she gives him food. So he's alive. But he's very smushed because it's a very small box. Now some roofers played by Bill Burr Nick DiPaolo. And Seth Green discover this box on the roof making noises. They steal it. She freaks out when it's stolen. They open it up and it's, they recognize him. Turns out the Seth Green character is a huge fan of Mr. Um, Saturday Night himself, Buddy Young. So they start taking him to autograph signings. He's not scheduled, but they've set up a little booth. And people start getting really interested in getting his signature. He's very smushed still. So he's very cramped looking and small. So they put him actually kind of on the booth. There's no seats. He's just like on it. Like an object. But he talks. And he can sign. His hands work. And these roofers spend a lot of their time just sort of giving him calisthenics and rehab and then when they get him all de-smushed he goes on stage for the first time and it's at 
It's at the Friars Club roast of his daughter, Ms. Saturday Night. And he's roasts her so well that they completely make up and it ends with them hugging and going on tour together. So Mr. Saturday Night 2 will be out. I hope they make another one because, and I hope they use my idea for it because I need a little bit of that Hollywood magic and I know the writers aren't working right now. <laughs> so if you want to scab to both star in and write a new Billy Crystal vehicle, Mr. Saturday Night, well, Alan Hunt vehicle, really. I, I picture Billy Crystal being more of like a supporting player. Kind of like Brando in the GF films. Holla at me. Mr. Saturday Night 2. To answer your question, yes, there will be one. And that's the plot. Folks, this has been a joy. I've had a lot of fun. I think if I can just get this edited, I'll have it posted just in time for it to be out on Monday if you're in the Eastern Time Zone or the Western Time Zone, and possibly some other time zones. Uh, feel free to support the podcast, ko-fi.com slash nickflanging. That's ko-fi.com slash nickflanging or Patreon. I have not set up any specific rewards related to this, but... Your funds help me continue to be inspired to do this. All right. You're great. Honestly, you're like top top banana. You guys are top banana. And Billy Crystal loves you and I love you. Take care. <laughs>